absolutely wild as Vern Gagne's all-star wrestling goes coast to coast and continent to continent. The greatest wrestlers in the world. He may be an apprentice carpenter, but I guarantee you he is a seasoned ring veteran. I've been hit with bar stools, bar rags, bar maids. I'm talking to you. They're scared that Hulkamania is still running wild. I got a big fat wife and nine kids at home, and I got to feed them. And take a look at Jesse the body in real life. Open your hand once if you would. You want to see it? (laughs) This is absolutely unbelievable. Totally, completely He's coming in over the top. Hey, look out. Welcome in to this week's edition of AWA Unleashed. We are the preeminent podcast dedicated to telling the stories and reliving the memories of what we consider to be the best territory in the history of the wrestling business, the American Wrestling Association. The intro is a great precursor because those are legends in the business legends in the AWA and today's show is all about the top wrestlers the top names in the history of the AWA and it is a fan feedback show so this is all about what you guys thought were the top 25 but two guys that are just outside of the top 25 top 35 top 45 but they're always in my top five Mick Karch and Polish show Hi, guys. I, I hate to imagine who the other three are in your top five. Oh, we know. Oh. Oh, yeah. Curly, yeah. Moe, and Larry? Yeah. Woo, 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 woo. See, that was before my age, but I could. Woo, 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 woo. Is that, is, was that was that a gimmick? That, that, that was a gimmick, and it's gimmick infringement that I'm sure we'll hear from somebody that you stepped on somebody's toes. But Congratulations. New T-shirt's going to be cease and desist. Uh, <laughs> hey, we've got a fun one here, guys. Yes. We had such a, a great feedback, such a great response from the top tag teams of all time that it was, I think it was your idea, Mick. You know what? Let's uh, let's put the top 25 of all time. And the feedback was absolutely phenomenal. So before we get to that, um, I do have a little bit of business to take care of. You might not be able to see my face, but you can hear my voice. We've got a brand new membership level, guys, and I cannot tell this to you enough. It is a fantastic, fantastic membership. Mick and Joe, I'm going to let you guys kind of talk about it here because we've got brand new things that we are rolling out all the time, and we know you guys want more content. You're not going to get any better deal than $4.99 for what you're going to be getting from us. You know, I went to White Castle the other day, as I customarily do, and, you know, kind of stunk out the neighborhood. But uh, $4.99, that would have got me like a, a half a number one meal. So for $4.99 a month, we're all about fan interaction here on this podcast. I mean, seriously, that's a shoot, uh, folks. We want you to be involved, and this is the way to do it. Our membership tiers, the body slam tier, the pinfall tier – getting you a little bit extra beyond what you see or hear every week on YouTube and the various platforms. I know, Joe, we are so excited about this. Can't emphasize it enough. Well, you you brought up the uh, half a meal. Consider this the uh, like a diet plan. Instead of going to White Castle, then watch a little AWA Unleashed uh, 
membership levels. Uh, it's fun. We did the first watch along. I really enjoyed it. I, I think I told you guys uh, when we were done that it just felt to me like I'm sitting around with a bunch of my buddies after having uh, a couple, two, three, twelve cocktails and uh, um, talking about old wrestling. I mean, it was just, it was great. It was great. Loved it, and the and the fan was fans' response was tremendous. So. Hop on board. Five bucks a month, four ninety nine. Doesn't sound as much as five. Do it. It's it, it's worth it. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great. You're gonna get that. You're getting some exclusive interviews from people in the wrestling business that you're not going to get on the regular YouTube channel. Right. Uh, now right. the the weekly episode, you're still gonna get the weekly episode. That's I mean, you're gonna get that no matter what. But you're gonna get some of these uh, kind of. You know, loose AWA connection. Maybe they might not even have an AWA connection. But with all of the contacts that Mick and Joe have in the wrestling business, we are going to put those on the membership level. Uh, so, again, $4.99, highly, highly recommend it. You guys are not going to be disappointed. Those that are members, we've already heard, like you guys said, we had great feedback. So uh, thank you guys uh, for that. And uh, as well, if you want to continue to support the podcast, and, and we know that you do, if you're a slick Mick guy like I am, oh, yeah, well, what about a T-shirt? Okay, there we go. See? See, I'm, I'm repping my guy, Mick Karch. Is I that a Mick that I admire. on with the M? M for Mick, yes. See, I'm, I'm all about the Mick Karch today. I See, don't like even that? want to know what you're wearing underneath your drawers. Is that, do you, is that the Mick Karch crotchless panties that you're wearing? Mick keep it up, keep it up shithead. Keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> Mick Crotch. Hey, if I don't give you shit, then you'd think that I'm pissed at you. I don't care either way, but go well, ahead. Good, good now point. I'm thinking about now I'm thinking about the Mick Crotch underwood. You know what? That's Mick Crotch! How's your crotch? <laughs> we will we, we'll brainstorm that. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. No, um, no, we won't because no, we won't. Have no, to no. think about it. No, no storm. The shower's over. What? <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Um, also, as well, the, the Facebook page, the Unleashed Fans page. Be sure to, to go ahead and join us. Okay, guys. Uh, we've got the top uh, 100. Or <laughs> I'm looking at 108. Episode 108, top 25 wrestlers of all time. We've also got some honorable mention. Uh, but, Joe, I know that as, uh, as we were kind of getting ready to record this, there was one question or something that you wanted to bring up because this was all fan-based. This is not gimmick. This is not something that was manipulated. Uh, this was all completely on the up and up. Uh, but I know that there's something that you wanted to bring up before we really got into it. Well, my question is, what is the what was the criteria to pick the best um, wrestlers in the AWA? Because you've got wrestlers, you've got wrestlers who can cut promos. Mm -hmm. You've got wrestlers that have had longevity. You, there, there's a lot of different criteria that you can apply to this so i guess uh, mick i think you put together the post so what what was the basis for this this top list the simplest answer i can give you joe because 
we're, we're talking about a pro wrestling fan base and everybody joins that fan base at a different stage in life, uh, different era in wrestling. When you say what was the criteria, there really wasn't criteria. As I look at the list and I and as I counted the votes, I think what it boiled down to is if if somebody was memorable to a fan for whatever reason, whether it was the pro was, oh God, I remember that guy, you know, mm-hmm. or he was a main event guy with some longevity. I think most of these guys had longevity. That what I, I would say is a is a given. I think it's like if, if somebody says to you, name me the top 25 baseball players of all time. Well, somebody's going to say, well, Hank Aaron, Mickey Mantle, Harmon Killer, but they're not going to say, are you talking about fielding? Are you talking about hitting? Are you talking about on-base percentage? So I think that's what we had here. And we got a, we got a plethora. We got it kind of all over the board, but I will say the response that we got First of all, some cases were very surprising. Uh, there is some generational stuff in there, again, as as you will be able to see. But I think it was just when a fan – and I here's the thing. I gave them 100 names, mm-hmm. 100 names to choose from. And I said, if you're going to put together a top 25 from this list of all-time AWA wrestlers, who would it be? And then they would send me number two, number seven, number nine, whoever it was. So I don't think there was a necessarily a specific criteria that might have limited a little bit. If we would have said, you know, his in-ring skills, well, all right, now you're talking about Billy Robinson and you're talking about a Nick Bockwinkle and you're talking about Red Bastine. And then some of the other guys that made our list, no way, no way out. Are you talking about promos? Well, yeah, because it's it's all subjective. Like some people, my wrestler might be a great in-ring guy. Mine might be an over-the-top character. Mine might be, you know, something completely different. So different people look at wrestlers in different lights in terms of what they value in their in their wrestler performer, however you want to break it down. Yeah, I think think of a Bruno Sammartino character. A lot mm-hmm. of people will say Bruno Sammartino is one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived. Certainly top five or whatever. In-ring skills? Come on. I mean, Bruno was a strong guy. He was popular. He was over yeah. huge on the East Coast. But from a technical standpoint, not a lot going on there. He was a, 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 a big, strong guy. Uh, I think the wrestling fans, as I look at the list, just said, hey, I remember this guy. Oh, yeah, he was great. Uh, oh, I, I got a big kick out of him. So I think if you pigeonhole the criteria, you're really limiting what the mm-hmm. responses would have been. This time it was a, it was a smorgasbord. You got 100 names to choose from. Give me your favorite. Maybe, maybe favorite was the word. You know, maybe that would have been the operative word or your most memorable or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, best is definitely subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think for the most part, we got a good cross-section here. And I know you were surprised at a couple of them, Joe. I know you said, wait a minute. How come this guy is not on the list, and why is this guy on the list? Well, that's why I brought up my question, yeah. because the title, it, we have it on our cheat sheet, if you will, Best Wrestlers in History. And you're right. There's some of them as I'm looking at the list and I'm certainly not going to uh, 
you know, tip my hand to the list, but there's some of them that, uh, yeah, they wore trunks. Yeah, they stepped through the ropes or over the mm -hmm. ropes and hooked up with another wrestler or wrestlers, but I wouldn't exactly put them into a, uh, a Luthez Vern Gagne category. Yeah, so, I mean, best, I best, may, best may not have been the word, maybe most memorable. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the heat for that because that's, that's how I phrased it. And maybe that was just lazy. Maybe that was lazy branding on my part. So I'll, I'll take the heat for that. Not, but, no, but I feel like it also lends itself to more conversation, though. Yes. Yeah. Which we're having right now, of course. No, no heat is even deserved. I just wanted to clarify it before we went into mm -hmm. this. Yeah. That, uh, and I can only speak for myself, but I, from talking with you guys, I think you agree that it's not the best wrestlers. Right. Right. It's mm -hmm. the most memorable, the favorite. Um, oh, your your favorite, your your favorite wrestler. Okay, just just wanted yeah. to clarify that before we had somebody start complaining. Oh no, the they don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, fuck them, blood them, bitch. Well, yeah, and you're Come always going to have somebody who's just negative, just for the sake of being. Fucking troll me in the comment. Hey, hey, the comment. hey, give it to me. Come on, come on, come on. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. All right. Okay. okay. Now I'm over. Okay. So this this is going to be a little bit longer, but we're going to try and and uh, kind of just kind of bulldoze through this thing because there are a lot of names, so we won't get bogged down. And uh, just kidding. You guys know I. You guys know I love you. Even the ones that give us some shit. Okay, so we're going to go with the honorable mention, and these are in no particular order, guys. When we get to the top 25, those are going to be in reverse order. Yeah, but the honorable me, uh, mentions, yeah, they got didn't quite make the top 25. Yeah, they were all kind of in the same category as far as number of votes, mm -hmm. but we'll just put them up there at random and, and talk about them. Okay, well, here is the first honorable mention, guys, and that's uh, Pampero Furpo. Pampero Furpo, again, legendary, but an honorable mention. You know, he wasn't legendary enough with enough of the AWA fan base, but he's he garnered some votes. And I loved his promos where he would bend a steel bar with his teeth and, of course, oh, yeah. Hey, very well done. Very well oh, done. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's keep moving. These are honorable mentions, not your top 25. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, this one shocked me. I, I was not expecting this number one as a team, but to be an honorable mention, I, I'm a little stunned that the Road Warriors are on the outside of the top 25. I'll tell you how this happened. And if you think about it, it's really logical. They had 100 wrestlers to choose from. Animal and Hawk were individualized. And because of that, they didn't get Road Warriors votes as a tag team. They got them individually. So in splitting Animal and Hawk, okay, well, you're going to kind of diminish their individual numbers, and I think that's what happened here. Without question, if it was my list, they would be in the top 25 okay. easily. All right. there, there's a reason why the reaction that we hear is called a road warrior pop. Yes. I, I, I mean, it's it's always going to be, no matter who it is, it's going to be a road warrior pop. 
All right, uh, this is somebody that uh, left us not too long ago, but the superstar Billy Graham. One of the most charismatic wrestlers of all time. Uh, if you saw the superstar in later years, you didn't really get the the superstar Graham that we got in the AWA in the early 1970s. Again, maybe it was generational. I don't know. But again, he, he got votes. He got enough to kind of bubble under that uh, that top 25 list. And he took advantage of the advent of color television superstar uh, definitely i'm not talking this kind of color right. i'm talking about this i mean he he popped when he was doing a promo he was full he was technicolor there you go i wish i would have seen superstar could you guys say that jesse ventura took some of his uh, mannerisms from some? superstar it took everything from him yeah. Everything. I mean, it was just he took the whole package. I was trying to be nice. Yeah, he just didn't take the ribbon, uh, you know, on, on the package. Uh, Jesse took it all, and he admits it. Yeah. You know, um, Jesse I mean, would walk up and down the halls, and when Superstar would headline a card, dress like Superstar, and everybody would ask him, are you Billy Graham's brother? And, of course, Jesse would say yes. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he is a carbon copy of Superstar. And nothing wrong with that? No. Yes, he did it pretty damn well. I'll give him credit for that. Yes, he did. And we may or may not see Jesse uh, coming up, but we are still in the honorable mention here, guys. This is somebody that I did not get to see, and I'm still learning a little bit more about, hard-boiled Haggerty. This really surprised me because, again, you talk about generational. Hard-boiled Haggerty worked here in the in the Minneapolis territory in the 50s, and then uh, when the AWA is formed, he was one of the big-time players. Uh, a great wrestler, legendary in the business, not as not only as a wrestler but as a movie actor. Uh, but Hard-boiled was here early 60s, came back in the in the late 1960s. But again, this would kind of surprise me that he got enough votes. And from everything I understand, uh, a pretty decent human being. Yes, very much so. Yep. Yep. I, I did meet him one time. He did come into the AWA studios in the 80s. And I, I, he was before my time as far as, you know, being uh, alive and, and a wrestling fan, at least being able to remember. So I knew him more as, a, uh, as an actor yep. than a wrestler. So it's, it's a generational thing that you brought up earlier, Mick. All right. Speaking of generational, again, somebody that I did not see, uh, but is featured quite a bit. I, I don't understand. This is one I don't agree with. I feel like this, he should have been in the top 25. Dr. X. That is really amazing to me too, because he had a couple of extended runs in the AWA, arguably the biggest heel in the AWA from 1967 through 1970, one of the great baby faces when he came back a, a couple of years later, legendary. Everybody remembers Dr. X, but again, and maybe it's the number that people had to choose from. Maybe you get to a point where you're looking at him as opposed to somebody else and you think, okay, well, yeah, he got votes and certainly one of the greatest of all time, whether as but, Dr. X or but, as the destroyer. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there you go. I see Dr. X and I, every time I just remember my brother, Jack, putting me in the figure four leg lock and making me tap out that bastard. You sure that wasn't your wife? 
No, that's enjoyable play. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, we go from a bastard to a bastine. Oh, oh right, bastine. Wow. You like that? Very well done. This guy, Red Bastine, should have made the top 25. You know, I'm not going to have editorial commentary on, on the votes, but Red Bastine, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, not only in the AWA, but anywhere. From a scientific standpoint, uh, he was the real deal, 100%. But again, not quite enough votes to break the top 25. And a class act. Oh, super. All, all I can... I could say more about Red, but that sums it up. A class act. There you go. Let's go to uh, someone that I feel is maybe a little bit more towards the you know, oh. younger generation, and that is the late Bruiser Brody. This and again, one is still, pro- still honorable mention. Yeah, honorable mention. And that, that another one that kind of blew me away. Uh, Bruiser Brody, maybe it was the longevity in the AWA. He didn't. He had a couple of minor sustained runs, but for the most part, he was kind of in and out of the territory. Of course, legendary feud with Jerry Blackwell and, and so forth. But I think this may be just a case of Bruiser being one of those guys who was an attraction um, and people saw him not necessarily as an AWA guy, I don't know. I can't speak to it. Um, why he's not in the top 25, uh, head scratcher, but uh, certainly memorable to say the least. He was in the AWA for as long as somebody who, as I can look at the list and I won't divulge, as a couple of wrestlers who made the top 25. So I, I, can't, I can't agree with your assessment, Mick. Uh, I humbly don't agree. Okay. Um, but having said that, uh, Bruiser Brody not being in the top 25, he's in my top 10. I get all subjective. You know, mm-hmm. you, everybody has their opinion. And as, yeah, I, absolutely. as I've long stated, the world's easiest job is to be a critic because you're yeah. never wrong. There you go. Yep. Uh, here's uh, another one that goes back a few years, guys. Gene Kaniski, again, on the outside. This surprised me that Gene Kaniski would actually garner enough votes to be honorable mention, not because he's not talented. We mentioned many times former AWA and NWA world heavyweight champion, legitimately one of the toughest guys ever in the wrestling business. This surprised me. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait, here's another vote for Gene Kaniski and another, another. Put him in the hard-boiled Haggerty category uh, from the same era, but enough, I guess, enough memories for some of the fan base out there uh, to get get him the votes that he did. Yeah, another guy that was before my time, um, worked with his son, Kelly. And Um, Nick. And and Nick. Nick, yeah. And that's about as close as I can get to... Knowing about Gene Kaniski, I've real I I know who he is. I've seen photos, I've seen matches, but all on tape, nothing live. So, um, Big Thunder deserves it, I guess. There you go. There you go. All right, I believe we've got three more honorable mention here, and this one, hmm. the world's strongest man, Ken Patera, the former Olympian, Ken Patera. I think Ken Patera is a top twenty-five guy. Uh, in the history of the AWA. Uh, the people didn't agree with me in, in vast numbers, but 
I don't think you can look at the history of Ken Patera either as a babyface in the early 70s or as one of the greatest heels that ever lived, uh, part of the Sheik's army going into the 1980s. He got his votes. He got a good number of votes, but not quite enough to crack the top 25. Um, that, that one surprised me. McDonald's aside, he was indeed one of the most hated heels in AWA history. When he got bought by Adnan from the Bobby Heenan family, I I, I still have nightmares from that. All right. Uh, Looking for my life. This is the last honorable mention that we've got. I thought we had three. Uh, We had two. This is the last one. One half of the East-West Connection, the late Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis in his day, Joe, I know, and this is before he, you know, ballooned to 400 plus pounds. When he was in the AWA, he was a phenomenal worker. I mean, he probably weighed 250 back then, but he would fly, he would bump. He was just a ring general. And I think this is a case, again, where because he had the individualized list, uh, where the East-West Connection was split up on the list, maybe had we put in or I put in East-West Connection as a one, as a unit, he would have made the top 25. But what a great, great talent. He could wrestle. Yep. And I, one of my favorite promos that he had cut, he says, I'm like a Vegematic. I slice and I dice my way through my opponents. Wonderful. Great stuff. All right. We ready? Top 25? I think we are ready now for the top 25, and these are in order. So the uh, top 25, we're about 25 minutes in. So, again, we're going to go a little bit longer than an hour. We don't want to go too long, but uh, I feel like with all the business and kind of the stuff that we took care of at the top of the show, I feel like we're pacing pretty good right now. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and get into it, and that means it is up to me to get number 25 and former AWA World Heavyweight Champion Rick Martell at number 25. Again, fan votes. We had nothing to do with this. This was the ones that you picked out of the 100 names that I gave you. Uh, Rick Martell, vastly underrated, and I'm not talking necessarily about this, this voting tally, uh, a great, great wrestler, Joe. We talked many times. Maybe it was the the foreign accent or the the lack of a really intense promo. Whatever it was, his matches with Stan Hansen, legendary. Uh, I think Rick should have been higher on the list. Yeah, I think I'm going to put him right where he's at. Now, if it, we're talking about for me, the model Rick Martel, his alter ego. I thought he was a much better heel than a baby face, but that's not taking away from his abilities as a baby face. It's just that his promos were for the time. That's the way baby faces did it. It was tough to get over as a baby face back in those days. And uh, yeah. I, and you got to remember this is AWA, you know, a lot of guys yeah. turned here. Yeah, once exactly. Left. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, and I, uh, Joe, I'm I'm with you when he split with Tito Santana and the WWF and, and went to the whole model. I think you really got to see Rick Martel, you know, in his environment because the arrogance gimmick was it, it was absolutely fantastic. Easier uh, to be 
easier for people to hate you than to like you right. as a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. And, and promos, I'm sure you could have a lot more fun. Uh, speaking yep. of somebody that was always hated, uh, let's just uh, say <laughs> Spudhead comes, uh, comes to mind. Larry Zabisco, number 24. You know, Chris, I don't know that there are too many guys who were legitimately more hated than Larry Zabisco. Uh, and he was hated at a time when the AWA was was kind of tanking a little bit. Uh, he was one of the bright, shining lights, as we've said. Uh, he got everybody riled up. I mean, to this day, people are still talking about how he stalled and how he drove them crazy uh, with the stalling tactics. Uh, Larry Zabisco... Um, arguably again, maybe it was the timing factor when he came in, the AWA was starting to tank a little bit, but, uh, no question about it. This is a, this is a blue chip guy, Larry Zabisco. Agreed. And since we're keeping our comments short, I'll just say one thing I remember about Z is every time, every interview day, he would order a cheese pizza from the local pizzeria for lunch. No pepperoni, no sausage, no nothing else, just a cheese pizza. There you go. Could wow. have, probably took, probably took a shorter time to get the pizza than it did to get Larry in the ring. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, oh, Larry was still walking. He was still doing his ring entrance by the, you know, he ordered it and he was still doing the walk when it was delivered. You're going to say the pizza would be cold by the time the bell rang. But oh, oh. Z would t- he would take care of that pizza quick. Great memory. All right, uh, how about this one? Oh. Andre the Giant coming in at number 23, guys. I'm going to let Joe give his opinion on this one first. Um, for his impact overall in the professional wrestling business, and yes, I know that this is just AWA, I'm personally surprised that he is at number 23 as far as, I guess, favorite or most memorable. How can a guy that size not be more memorable than number 23? That one surprises me. I would say, to your point about Bruiser Brody, maybe he did have a little bit more longevity than I gave him credit for. Andre was an attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he came in... Nine times out of ten, it was for the Battle Royal. Uh, you know, a couple of times he had a little bit of an extended stay in the AWA, certainly his reputation all over the country. But again, he wasn't an AWA-specific wrestler. And when Andre was coming in for the annual Battle Royal, you know he was going to win it, um, you know, more often than not. Uh, but but again, um, hey, he's in the top 25. Yeah, which he deserves to be. All right, let's go from uh, 23 to uh, 22 here, guys. And, uh, I mean, this face says it all, oh. right? Sheik Adnan LKC. This pissed me off <laughs> that, that he didn't get more votes than he did. And, I, you know, had I been uh, able to skew the results, I would have. Uh, Adnan LKC had a It's tremendous- wrestling. You can do whatever you want. See, the, the problem is you were being honest, Mick. That's the problem. I know, and I know that you make a shitty fit. promoter. Yeah, square <laughs> picking a round hole there. Yeah, exactly. Especially at payoff time. No, 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 no mustard on the hot dog. We we didn't draw very well tonight. Um, <laughs> Adnan LKC to me, 
legendary, and, and not the Billy White Wolf, not the General Adnan that went to, <clears throat> excuse me, WWF, WWE. Uh, here in the Twin Cities, God, they hated this guy. I mean, it, you got to remember, he he had a match with Nick Bockwinkle where Nick Bockwinkle was cheered. And Nick had been a, a registered heel here for years, but they hated Abnon. They hated the Iraqi gimmick. They hated the, you know, my my uh, harem is waiting and the deserts and Saddam Hussein is waiting for me with a parade. Uh, great guy in and out of the ring. Legendary should have been hired. Two things. One, if I'm not mistaken, in that match against Nick Bockwinkle, the promoters knew to not have Bobby Heenan in Nick's corner. Right. So it would have been interesting in hindsight if Bobby would have been in Nick's corner, would there have been as much heat on Adnan? The second thing, I smell fucking garlic when I see Adnan L. Casey. He loved his garlic. <laughs> what was that other stuff that he ate? Tabbouleh? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> Let's go from someone that was hated to someone that everybody loved. A friend of uh, both of yours, guys, the uh, very capable, the late Kenny J. Someone that uh, I don't think I've heard anybody say a bad word about. Joe, you said at the beginning, what was the criteria? And if it was just to be beloved and a regular and somebody that uh, the fans identified with and... He was like their next door neighbor for decades. Uh, sod buster Kenny J. I was very happy to, to see Kenny on this list. And there was no way that I was not going to put him on there in the, in the hundred that the people could choose from as an option. Kenny J. Legendary. I don't care if you're, you know, longtime AWA fans will always remember Kenny J. The sod buster was seriously somebody that, you could sit next to at the bar and once you got over the awe of it, he was just a regular guy. I mean, they all are when you get right down to it, but Kenny was that way inside and outside of professional wrestling. What I One find interesting, guys ever. Go ahead, what I find interesting about this list too, guys is out of all of the names that have been on honorable mention, the ones that we mentioned so far and the ones that are coming up, he's the only one that you could consider the enhancement talent, the jobber, like the, the rest I feel are, are all main event caliber guys. So I think that really speaks to the way that people view Kenny J. Yeah. Great point, Chris. And there was one other enhancement guy that I put on the list and that was scrap iron, George Gadaski. I figured you, you got to put Kenny and George on the top 100. Uh, George did not make enough votes uh, even to, to get to the honorable mention, but Kenny J, my God, he's uh, what a guy, one of the nicest guys I ever met. Period. Well, think about it. He's higher than Andre. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is kind of crazy when you think it, that's a good point, Joe. I mean, when you think about all the guys that Kenny J is ahead of on our list, that it, just kind of it speaks to how yeah. revered uh, he really is. Uh, let's go from uh, Kenny J to uh, let me see if I can find it here. I had it. There it is. The mountain from Stone Mountain. What's he doing wearing a USA shirt? It goes against uh, goes against I, what I, I thought, thought you were doing to say. Why is he wearing mixed shirt? 
That's a schmedium for Mick, isn't it? <laughs> so as I was saying, um, <laughs> I believe the, the USA, I, I think Jerry had just turned babyface. Uh, and I actually took that picture of him at the Minneapolis Auditorium. I think this is right into his babyface run in 1984, uh, thus the USA shirt. Uh, Jerry Blackwell, to me, again, here's another guy. He would have been in my top 10, maybe top 15. Uh, just just a great, great talent. That standing drop kick of his for a guy who weighed 460 pounds, still the greatest baby face turn in the history of the AWA when uh, he got into it with Sheik's Army. Love Jerry Blackwell. Left us much too soon. One of the best workers in the ring, one of the best promos on the mic, and one of the nicest wrestlers I've ever had the fortune of working with. Plus, you get to hang out with him when he was wearing a towel, so I bet that was fun. Yeah, I didn't need to have that memory come back into my head. But uh, uh, it's a Jerry Blackwell aura, man. I mean, some of us are trying to fill in the blanks. Come on. Come on, Joe. You got that written in your diary. The night I met Jerry Blackwell and he was wearing it's, a towel. It's burned into my memory, but there you uh, go. I, but I still cherish that one. So there you yeah, go. It, it's you know making making memories, right? Making memories, yep. and and ultimately that's what it's about. Uh, here's someone, guys, that was part of a tag team, uh, Texas Outlaws, known a lot on his own. I don't think of him as uh, much of an AWA guy. I think of him more as an NWA guy. But uh, there he is, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Early 1970s, Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch uh, came into the AWA area as the, the Texas Outlaws. Of course, they wrestled all over the world, that tag team. But early 70s, AWA, uh, Dusty was a vile heel, uh, got tremendous heat. And, of course, he and Dick Murdoch tore up the Flame Cafe on 14th and Nicollet more than once, legit. Uh, after the matches were over, uh, Dusty, towards the end of his AWA run, they turned to babyface, and uh, you know the the rest is history as far as Dusty Rhodes is concerned. You can't you can't have any kind of a great all time list without Dusty. Again, maybe it's the longevity thing in here that fans don't necessarily like. You, Chris, don't necessarily think of him as an AWA guy. To me, one of the most charismatic wrestlers. In the business, he was just somebody who came across as, um, I was going to say legit, but that's not the right word. He, it was like he was born to be a professional wrestler. And by the way, Dusty was a great athlete. He really was. There's uh, uh, highlights when he was playing in a charity basketball game. He's sinking threes before threes were even a thing in the NBA. He's driving the lane. I mean, Dusty was, believe it or not, for his girth, he was a damn good athlete. And again, charismatic, deserving to be in this list. Whether or not he was with the AWA for years, if he wrestled in the AWA for a month, I guess they're included in this list. Dusty, you deserve it. Let's go from uh, Dusty to someone we saw the tag team partner earlier, the outside looking in. But uh, here he is, uh, Jesse the body, Jesse the mind, Jesse the governor. But uh, regardless, one of the all-time memorable characters in wrestling history, Jesse the body Ventura. 
Memorable is the operative word, Chris, and it goes to Joe's point early on. You know, had we been talking about in-ring technical skills, uh, Jesse, I think he would be the first to admit he wouldn't make somebody's top 500. Uh, from a charisma standpoint, from his impact in the AWA uh, late 70s into the into the 1980s, undeniable. Uh, you know, that's a whole generation that started watching AWA when Jesse Ventura was here. Arguably the best years that the AWA had from a box office standpoint. How can you not put him on the list? The teaming with Adrian Adonis, in my opinion, helped to make Jesse. Uh, when he tagged later with Saito to be the Far East-West connection, just didn't have the same flair, but with the combining them with Adrian Adonis, Adrian was the worker. Jesse was the talker. Together, they made an incredible team. And you're right. Jesse was not a good worker in the ring. Just wasn't. Sorry, Jesse. And I feel like that really makes a good team, doesn't it, guys? When you've got two contrasting styles, and I know they kind of, you know, and Mick, I mean, being, you know, doing what you do for a living, that's kind of something you put over to the fans. But really, when you have a legitimate contrast and two guys that are different, sometimes you can see how it works. Because if you get two guys that are the same, I, I don't know. It, it just I feel like you get more versatility and you have a more well-rounded team that way. I think Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkel are a good example of that. I mean, Ray was technically he was a great wrestler, but he was more the brawler. Nick was more the technician, but it worked, and it was magic. And, yes, absolutely, Chris, good point. Yeah, it's all about the pairing for a tag team. Yep. Let me uh, see if I can get to the next one. Uh, you know what? I don't see that it's loaded, so give me uh, give me a minute here, guys. I'm going to – Is it Larry Zabisco again causing the delay? It is. It is not Larry. Larry's going to try and work his way back into the back into the top twenty-five. No, I'm sorry, Larry. Uh, but maybe somebody that could chop the shit out of you. Somebody that I know chopped oh. the shit out of you, Joe. Oh, wow. I still feel it. I think my chest is still red. For that, I am forever indebted to Wahoo for chopping Joe Chupik. <laughs> you know, and he may have been the He'd guy. He'd be my number really one just for that reason. Just for that. Yeah, I think he, Chris, you probably agree. He probably rearranged Joe's nipples, I think, with that chop. That's probably what happened and kind of <laughs> elevated him a little bit right to there, right underneath the chin. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel. to elevate him too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel. <laughs> Uh, when you talk about the legitimate <laughs> tough guys in the business, I mean, this is uh, Wahoo. Wahoo could fight. He could wrestle. He could play football. He could drink. He could knock the shit out of you. He could slap Kurt Heading in the head on the airplane going back from Las Vegas. He could chop Joe Chupik. He could book uh, for the AWA. He could do it all. I mean, this guy, a legit legend in the business. Just stop. And think for a moment. You've heard stories that we have told about Ray Stevens. Wahoo and Ray were roommates. <laughs> the shit that went on at that place is stuff made of legends. I'm all I'm going to say. But I will, oh, I will say one more thing. Wahoo yeah. deserves to be on the list. 
I would love to do a show just on on Wahoo too. Like I just feel like there, it would be so much fun to do a show just uh, about him and his history and and just you know his journey in the business. So let's put that on the list. You know, to Joe's point about Wahoo and Ray Stevens, got to remember in the dying days of the AWA, these guys are bookers. They're booking for the AWA. They're mm-hmm. in the office, for God's sakes. Ray Stevens and Wahoo McDaniel, that's like putting two pit bulls in a, in a cat's kennel and, you know, <laughs> see, what, see what happens. It's just bizarre. But it worked. Yep. Let's go from, uh, from Wahoo to uh, – I remember him as the king in uh, – again, king later on. I think of him as an NWA guy as well. But uh, here he is. Handsome Harley Race. Harley Race, if you're on any wrestling website, any wrestling whatever, and you're talking Hall of Fame, guys, Harley Race is right up there. Uh, I agree with you, Chris. In the scheme of things, certainly he was an NWA champion, NWA legend for years. Yeah, and again, this just goes into the generational thing that shows that that I came in, you know, when some of these guys had already – this was their stop, and they'd moved on. Well, I, th- I think it also points out kind of what our what our fan base is, what our demographic is. Uh, there are enough fans that go back early on to put Harley in the top mm-hmm. list as they were. Uh, his early days in the AWA, of course, teaming up with Larry Hennig. Uh, that was, again, an absolute genius move. Uh, they met in Japan. They came back to the States and won the AWA title uh, from the Crusher and the Bruiser in 1965. Harley came back. Uh, if, if Joe remembers, Harley was back in the 1980s, and he was the last man that Bobby Heenan managed in the AWA before Bobby went to the WWF. So Harley had the longevity, one of the greatest, one of the absolute greatest of all time. Old school. That's oh, just yeah. when I when I see Harley and think back, I just think of old school. No nonsense. He wasn't an over the top character that he became the king in the WWF. Yeah. Harley mm-hmm. was old school. He was as tough as they got. And I I hate to say it, but the last match that he wrestled in the AWA was against Rick Martell at Wrestle at Wrestle Rock. Eh, an all right match. I mean, on paper, it was great. But, I mean, Harley was near the end of his career, uh, nearing the end of his career. Uh, But that aside, uh, Harley, how long was he in the AWA, Nick? Oh, he was was in the AWA uh, for a few years in the 60s, maybe a half dozen years. But, you know, you mentioned, Joe, his last match was at Wrestle Rock. He actually wrestled Zabisco in Rochester uh, as late as 1990. So he did come back uh, for that short stint in and out. Um, But you mentioned that how tough Harley race was. I don't think anybody who has been in the business for any length of time outside of maybe Haku, they will tell you Harley race was the toughest of them all. I forgot all about that match against the disco. So it must not have been too memorable, but not much was in the AWA in 1990. No. All right, now we're getting into the top 15. And this one, it, it's interesting because we had one team that was on the outside looking in as individuals, 
uh, Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors. Then we had two individuals. One was on the outside with honorable mention. Adrian Adonis and Jesse Ventura made the top 25. These individuals were put on as uh, two individual wrestlers, but they ended up getting the same amount of votes. And I have to admit, I'm surprised that they are both as low as they are. And I mean, that's Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel, the high flyers. Like top 15, I would have thought that they would have been top 10. But that's it, it's amazing to me when you break it down, Mick. Chris, you said it 100%. Um, because they were individualized on the list, the list of 100 that people had to choose from, uh, that may have, you know, diminished how high they ranked. Remember, they were tied with Bockwinkle and Stevens in our tag team pool. So people look at the high flyers as the high flyers, as the unit. Uh, but again, I had them on there, uh, each individual to vote. And again, miraculously, vote for vote with all those hundreds of votes. It's almost like it was fixed. What, what, what do you think we're talking about here? Major League Baseball? That's true. It's, it's not the NFL and, and the no. teams winning the Super Bowl. That's the matter with you. Well, I know. I'm uh, sorry. But uh, <laughs> technically, Ganya, Ganya and Brunzel and legendary in the AWA. But, you know, let's take a look at the, the top 14 and see why the, the two of them are where they are. As I peeked ahead after you said, you know, that they should have been higher, Maybe a couple of notches in my book, uh, but we got a lot of names still coming. Don't we? Yep. We are in the top 15 to uh, number 14 here, guys. Some would consider this individual maybe the best of all time. Uh, so influential in the business. And the conversation, it's always going to revolve around this individual because I feel no matter what happens, we're going to go back and we're going to look at Hulk Hogan and Nick Bockwinkle and what if, what if, what if, but there is uh, the Hulkster at number 14 in the top uh, 25 of AW way stars. It's interesting. I've been running my uh, Facebook page for many years and the fans are so divided on Hulk Hogan. The more old school fans just do not like him. I get a lot of feedback that says, you know, this guy was useless. He was a five move guy, whoever. You know what? Bottom line is count the box office receipts, count the gates. Uh, when Hulk Hogan was here, he was over so massively. Unless you were there at the time, you can't understand. You can't fathom uh, the response when Hulk Hogan would come into a wrestling ring. If we were going back to Joe's question about what do you base this on, what's the criteria, if it was wrestling skills, entering skills, no. Hulk Hogan doesn't belong in the top 200. But from a charismatic standpoint, overall superstar, how can you not put Hulk Hogan up there? I've said this before. My mind has not changed one iota, and I don't think it ever will. Hulk Hogan changed professional wrestling mm -hmm. yeah it, the 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 world found out about him when he went back to the wwf and was a part of wrestlemania one but make no mistake about it and we've heard it on this podcast 
Gary Derusha, Hulkamania. Hulkamania started here in 1981. Period. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And if Vern Gagne was the was the brain trust behind working with Hulk and making his character develop, then you give Vern the credit too. But my God, when Hulk came in, he his interviews were okay. He didn't say a lot. Johnny Valiant did the talking for him, but then all of a sudden, boom, there it was. Let me throw something out there. Let's go back to 1984 and pretend that the WWF was not going to go national and do what they did. What if Hulk Hogan stayed in the AWA, not getting the belt from Nick? What do you think that next run, the next season, from September until the payoff in April or May, what do you think that chase would have been like? What do you think the gates would have been like wow. for Hulk Hogan to still chase that AWA World Championship after not winning it at Super Sunday? Hmm. Thoughts to ponder. I mean, I, I mean that was something that Vern was banking on, right? And I, I don't want to dwell on this, but... I mean, that was kind of something, right? You're expecting that the chase, Hogan the chasing chase, yeah. Nick, that's what that's what Vern was banking on, right? Like that's your that's your long term storytelling. There's yep. no question, no question about it. You, the, Vern was all about the chase. Hogan didn't eat the belt in Vern's eyes. Mm -hmm. It was all about the chase. And certainly, you look at the box office; it did pay off. But the payoff for the wrestling fans didn't happen, and they were pissed off. And that's when everything kind of went to shit. So if he would have won the belt, who do you have chase him? Oh, boy, back then? I mean, you can look at the AWA roster back then, and then, you, of course, you get Nick in his rematches. Maybe you put Adnan, maybe you put Jerry Blackwell, Jesse Ventura, Ken Patera. A lot of the guys that he worked with when he went to WWF, surprisingly, yeah. Uh, Dr. D, David Schultz, of course, had a great, you know, short-lived feud uh, with Hogan here. I, I don't know. You know, we can debate this one all day. Joe. Exactly. My my point is, I don't think Nick, yeah, could have, but now you've got the former champ chasing the new champ. I just don't think that putting it on Hogan would have done as much for the fans. It would have been an instant gratification, and then it was like, yeah, okay. Joel, that's what wrestling fans want, seriously. And if you look at it today, especially in today's wrestling, that's what they want. They don't want the long-term story. They want that instant gratification. This is what we want. We want it right now. And, and, and I am on the complete opposite end. I want a slow burn. I want a slow build. I want something. I don't want the hot shot. Like, that stuff, because then you run out of stories and you lose me because everything's so fat. Like, keep me invested Give me little Easter eggs. Let me slowly continue to get myself immersed in the story. Build the angle. Yes, yes, yep, exactly. I, I don't, but that's, yeah, that's the society uh, that we're in. Uh, somebody that was also known as part of a tag team, but I mean, do we need to say, I mean, come on, bruiser, crusher, say Dick the Bruiser. It should be there. Come on. Where is it at? I don't think it's going to, uh, I don't think it's going to, let me see here. Uh-oh. Let me, uh, let me do that. 
Nope. I tell you what, you guys talk amongst yourselves and I will reboot and uh, I will show you a, uh, a picture of Dick the Bruiser when I get back in. Surprising to me. Surprising that Dick the Bruiser rated as high as he did on an AWA list. Uh, he had a couple of singles matches in the AWA, but primarily it was Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher. Former AWA Tag Team Champions, we talked a lot about how Bruiser was so over in Chicago and Indianapolis and WWA territory as opposed to the AWA. The fact that Bruiser got as many votes as he did, Joe, I, I kind of think it may be the link to the Crusher. Uh, you know, that, that put him uh, as high as he was because Bruiser really was not an AWA guy. I thought the same thing when I saw the list originally. Dick the Bruiser was one of those that I would there not was. have put in my top 25 AWA wrestlers. Uh, respectfully, uh, Bruiser, uh, here in the AWA, uh, he sort of rode the coattails, in my opinion, with the Crusher together. And we talked about putting wrestlers together. Putting these two together was perfect. And for the record, no, they were not really cousins. Don't tell me that. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> Kayfabe, Joe. Kayfabe. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, she left <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we are, are we still at, Chris? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Why are you counting on we're, me? We're uh, number 12. We're number, we're number 12, yes. The only female to make the list here. And let's just say that uh, it's a sensational list when you've got her on it. I was ecstatic when I saw the number of votes that Sherry Martell got. And she, she was not the only female wrestler that I put on the list, by the way. Medusa Michelli was on there. Candy Devine, Wendy Richter. They, they had options. But Sherry not only... Did she get votes, but enough to make the top 12? And I would argue uh, back in the mid-1980s, Sherry Martell was as important to the AWA as anybody. One of the greatest of all time, in my estimation. Good going, people. You nailed this one. I'm, this might surprise some people when I say this, but I'm going to, similar to what I said about Hogan earlier, and it might not have been as impactful but to me, Sherry elevated women's wrestling. She provided a, uh, a, a modern sexiness to women's wrestling. I'm not trying to take anything away from the wrestlers that came before her, but Sherry just changed things. She could wrestle she could do a promo she could get heat like no one else and she could really do a mean job trying to throw off an announcer by mooning them on promo day um as a camera operator i appreciated that i'm sure you did yeah she she mooned you when you were there and i got sold out houston off that mooned me so i sure <laughs> got the, the, the short end of that deal <laughs> oh, right. sure. yeah, you know chris is just pondering sherry mooning yes she well, did sherry so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, we are uh, almost at the top 10. Here is number 11 here, guys. And, and I'm I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to say that I'm I'm mixed on this because this is one of the most revered individuals that ever comes up on the podcast. But that being said, he is on the outside of the top 10, number 11. But maybe it's because it's mm. pre-WWF. And that is Kurt Hennig. Has to be because it's pre-WWF. Uh, you know, as Joe has said many times, everybody knows the Mr. Perfect personality. Uh, it was tailor-made. It was perfect uh, for Kurt. He developed that. He started to develop that in the AWA when he turned heel. We said in our estimation, the three of us, one of the greatest in-ring workers in AWA history, Um Maybe it was the fact that he blossomed in the AWA a little bit late and then left the territory, but uh, should have been higher, but I didn't vote. If this list was the best overall talents Mm -hmm. in the AWA, it is an absolute travesty of justice that Kurt Henning would be at number 11 for me. He'd be in my top five, quite possibly my top three. Again, overall talent. Yep, absolutely agree. Hey, I know that we're going a little bit long here. Uh, We normally try and keep about an hour. We're going to go a little bit longer because we're in the top ten. We'll continue to to try and buzz through and not get bogged down on anything. But if you guys are worried about any sort of a – you know, a, a time limit on it. We're going to go a little bit long. Uh, we've been given the the overrun. So thank you for the next quarter of an hour that we're going to be able Did to get. Did you get word from Stanley Blackburn to extend the time? <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't even think about doing that. That's brilliant, Joe. That's, that's <laughs> yes. Stanley Blackburn has uh, has given us the, the, the go ahead. And I believe Wally's, what is uh, what does Wally think about this? You go ahead, take it, take it through, take it all the way to the bottom. <laughs> We're already at the bottom. <laughs> uh, top 10 here, uh, guys. And and maybe no more famous faction than the Heenan family. And this is a big part of it. Black Jack Lanza, number 10. I love Jack Lanza. I, I loved his promos. Jack was a legitimate tough guy. Started as a baby face in the AWA and then, of course, turned heel with the Heenan family and turned babyface again before he went to WWF. I got to admit, I'm very, very surprised that Jack is as high as he is. Uh, No question, great wrestler, legendary in the AWA. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I agree with you, Mick. Uh, Great talent, but above Kurt Henning, um, above Jerry Blackwell. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, surprising, but hey, the fans have spoken and they said Blackjack Lands is in the top 10. So I'm not going to argue against it. And again, opinions are like assholes. We all have one. Well, let's go from talking about your asshole to somebody who we've heard is an asshole, but a great in ring performer, maybe one of the best in the history of the promotion. And that is uh, Billy Robinson. Billy's in at number nine, correct? Number nine, yes. Um, Should have been higher. I don't know how much higher, but 
one of the great ring technicians of all time. And, you know, we've talked about Billy's outside the ring or inside the ring personality. Not the greatest, not the nicest guy in the world. I was just trying to make a transition. Yeah, I got it. Uh, you know, from a, a shooter standpoint, from a guy who could stretch you like a bungee cord, uh, no question about it. Billy Robinson was the real deal. Definitely top 10. I would have put him higher. Looking at the list, not sure who I would replace uh, to move <laughs> Billy up higher. Um, but you got to give credit to the cockeyed coal miner. He was certainly uh, an in-ring, in-ring technician that... <laughs> amazed the shit out of me growing up and I could not wait for him to go against Vern Gagne for the championship. But alas, uh, the only time I saw that was in the movie, the wrestler and the finish was, well, not really a finish. Very believable. Billy Robinson. There you go. All right. Let's go into uh, someone that we just did a feature on uh, not too long ago. And that is Ray, the crippler Stevens, as we are moving up our top 10, now to number eight. Joey, you've said that we got some great names ahead of Ray, but how can you not? How can you not put Ray Stevens on your top top five, whatever? We talked about him uh, at great length, one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time, an absolute ring general, a genius, legendary, should be in every Hall of Fame that there is. Yeah, getting inducted uh, uh, as a Legends uh, inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, I guess it's better than not. But Ray deserved it well before he got in there. A true legend. And if we're talking about my favorite people in the business, he'd be in my top three. We went from uh, one headache to another no surprise here. One of the all-time greats. Again, one of the two royal families in Minnesota wrestling, Larry the Axe Hennig, coming in at number seven here, guys. I don't disagree with Larry being a top-ten guy. Um, again, Mount Rushmore of AWA wrestlers. How can you not put Larry Hennig on their tag team champion? Singles always near the top, always chasing Vern Gagne, the pot-bellied, spindly-legged old man Vern Gagne, as uh, Larry referred to him. Uh, you know, Larry spawned a couple of uh, pretty, pretty outstanding uh, family members down the road too, uh, whether son or grandson. Uh, Larry Hennig, to me, gets vastly overlooked in the history of the AWA. He's the real deal. I'm amazed at the commitment that he kept to the AWA, despite the fact that he shall we just say, didn't really like Vern. But all of the years that Larry wrestled in the AWA and then his son came into it, Larry came back and wrestled. He did that. And for his career in the AWA, I agree, Nick, he deserves to be in the top 10. Yes. All right, let's move up to number six here, guys, in the top 25. Again, this is fan vote. This fan is what vote. you guys have decided and uh, 100% legit, let's go with that dastardly German, Baron Von Arashke. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought this was a wrestler's list. What do we got George Clooney on here for? Well, you know, Chris gets bogged down with the number of photos that we give him. So every once in a while, you know, he slips up. But uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have. I should have. Right. Hey, it happens. Uh, that's sorry. Uh, 
That's Marty Miller chasing George Clooney for an autograph there. Uh, George wants no part of it. Uh, George Clooney, Baron Von Raschke, Baron Fritz Von Raschke, whatever you want to call him, an AWA legend, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, started out as one of the most milquetoast baby faces you would ever have in a wrestling arena, turned into one of the greatest heels and then one of the most beloved baby faces of all time. When you can get voted on the University of Minnesota Student Council or Student President Award, when you're removed from the wrestling business for 20 years, you're doing something right. Love the Baron. Love Jim Rashke. Two points. One, this list would not be complete without Baron being in the top 10. He was a character unmatched. Second, I'm looking at the picture. Look in the lower right. You got Doug McLeod doing play-by-play ringside. You see Baron and Marty Miller. And you got gorgeous Jimmy Garvin um, trying to get a snack on the turnbuckle or the ring rope there. Well, Um, he was following the George Steele diet. (laughs) So this would have been from about 1984, 85, when Baron had the feud with uh, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and his manageress Precious. There you go. Love the Baron. Yep. Let's go to uh, to number five here, guys. And top five. Cousin, top five. We saw his cousin earlier. Apparently, there's uh, something in the blood. The Crusher. The Crusher. Yeah, Joe Chupik's favorite, Polish Joe's favorite, and the favorite of so many fans. Uh, You can't talk AWA without talking to Crusher. This was a given. I don't care what generation you're from. Uh, Crusher Reggie Lasowski, first a heel when he came into the AWA, then a beloved baby face for the last 30 years, 25 years of his career. Nobody did it better than the Crusher. And uh, top five, yeah, I should have been higher. I can't help but look at that picture and wonder about Crusher's, the expression on his face. I can only wonder if the bartender just said free beer. Oh. Either either that or Wanda walked into the room, one or the other. Well, Wanda will do that for you. I mean, she will, she'll make you bulge just about everywhere that that As long as she doesn't lose too much weight, she's, you know, she's got to get back up to 250 so Crusher can spin her and she can go through the wall. Legendary, the Crusher, that's a given. How about that? Yeah. And uh, number four here, guys, I'm shocked at number four. I thought this, this is low. This is low. I thought that he really would be. One or two, and that's as you guys said, the boss Vern Gagne coming in at number four. Makes no our, sense. Uh, top twenty-five. Yeah, makes no sense. Um, I guess it, we've talked about this before. Maybe it's the negativity from the modern-day wrestling fans or the fans that followed the AWA towards the end of its run, and they put the heat on Vern for business decisions. If you saw Vern Gagne back in the day in the 1960s into the early 1970s he was a master in the ring he did it all uh legendary baby face certainly i again the awa is Vern Gagne. i mean it, it's that simple uh Vern coming in at number four he got a lot of votes 
but not quite enough to crack the uh, the top two or three. When I saw the list earlier, that, uh, this was one of the reasons that I wanted to get the criteria defined. Um, it, it, it's tough to argue when we reveal the top three. Uh, you know, who do you replace? Uh, to me, they're interchangeable, but you said it. I mean, Vern Gagne was the AWA. Period. He, he, he just was. He For 30 years, he steered that ship through good times and unfortunately, you know, at the end, ran it up on some rocks. But um, I, I, about right, I would say. I mean, Vern should be in the top five, but again, interchangeable to me, really interchangeable. Agreed, yep, no doubt. All right, here's the top three here, guys. And as much as I love this individual, we all love this individual. Top top three wrestlers, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. I would say yes as well. Um, okay. Because Bobby, as an in-ring performer, not only as a manager, but when he got in the ring and wrestled, he was a phenom. I mean, nobody sold like Bobby Heenan. I'm not talking from a technical standpoint, but I'm talking about just the show, just putting over the baby faces the way he did, his animation in the ring, uh, the deviousness of hiding brass knuckles in his, his uh, tunic top, whatever it was. Bobby Heenan was absolutely a master. We've said a couple of times, many times, greatest all-around in-ring performer ever. And if Bockwinkle says that the matches were better when Bobby Heenan was in than when he and Ray were in, I'm going to take Nick at his word. In my opinion, nobody got more heat than Bobby Heenan. He could generate it, not in the way that a Bruiser Brody or a Jesse Ventura or a Jerry Blackwell could by beating the shit out of people. Bobby did it in... It's the best way to say it. Bobby weaseled his way into people's minds so that they would hate him. And when he was in that ring, if it was in a tag team match, mostly, and he got into that ring, it was an instant pop. That was the Road Warrior pop before the Road Warriors. Yeah, period. No, no question. People Absolutely. Want, people wanted to see Bobby get his ass kicked. That's and correct. that's... And, and I'm, was, I'm gonna... was there a better payoff than the weasel suit match against Greg Gagne? No, no, that was it. That was what it was all about. That's wrestling. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the end of the list, I I got something I, I want to bring up to you guys. Kind of, I, I see a, a a theme here as you guys are kind of talking about everybody. Uh, let's go to number two. We're in the top two, mm. and I mean, legendary, no. legendary best promo. In the history of the AWA, the Pine Box, everybody knows where I stand with that, but uh, the late, great Mad Dog Vachon. Mad Dog Vachon, when you, when you realize that he was in the AWA originally in 1963, won the AWA title from Vern in 64, and he's wrestling into the mid-1980s. Uh, first as a, one of the most vicious heels in the history of the business, and then one of the most beloved baby faces. Uh, number two, number three, number one, Joe, you said it, absolutely interchangeable. Nobody, nobody, nobody 
is a mad dog for shot. I'm, I'm just pausing to just admire the character Mad Dog Vashon. Mick, you brought up about how he was so vicious and vile, biting and scratching and clawing his way to victory as a heel. Then he turned babyface, but he still was the Mad Dog. Yeah, Just a prime example of not so much who the character is, but who they're pitted against. Mm -hmm. You nailed it. You nailed it. There's always somebody the fans hate more. Yep. And, I, and, and I, in this trio, I think I'm at the top of that list. No, you're not. Or at least for Barry Darso. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, well, you call the guy a fake and a fraud and an imposter. <laughs> I just asked the question. Move on to number one. Number one, best AWA champion of all time. No doubt, one of the greatest of all time, any territory, any era. You talk about the real total package. This is a man that had it all. And that is your friend, Mick. The great, the one and only, the legendary, the unforgettable, Nick Bockwinkle. I did not skew the votes. I did not stuff the ballot box. Uh, I did not vote myself. The fans did. And as time goes on, the AWA fans, I think, are coming to realize. And so many people will say, I hated Nick so much at the time that I didn't realize how good he was. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, in fact, the greatest of all time. The greatest AWA champion of all time. Probably more title defenses than any AWA champion. Uh, legendary, he's where he should be at number one. You got it right, folks. You nailed it. The Cretinous Humanoids did indeed get this one right. It's tough to argue with Nick at number one. You talk about his greatness, Mick, and how uh, it, it feels, not feels, but the fans today have come to have even more of an appreciation for Nick Bonkwinkle. And I say this, and shameless plug here, I'm involved with Powertown uh, Wrestling Action Figures, and we have Nick scheduled for our um, Remco release. When uh, that video, when we posted that video on our social media, the response from people were exactly what we were talking about, what I was just talking about, and how people are now more appreciate in more appreciation of just how fucking good Nick Bachwinkle was. He, if he's not any any wrestling list, if he's not in the top. Five and I'm being loose with, mm -hmm. you know, maybe going to three. If he's not in the top five and I look at that list, I'm sorry, but to me, the list is just not legitimate. It's just not. Nick was that good. And what's interesting, Chris, and I know we're kind of in a, in a time crunch here with Nick, he came across on television as arrogant and conceited. But if you were to go to Nick and Joe, you know this and say, you know, the fans think you are absolutely the cat's pajamas. You're the greatest. Nick would take it all in stride. He would he would just kind of, you know, give you that Bachwinkle smirk and what, you know, give you a line. You know, what would you expect? But Nick was class through and through. God bless him. 
Got inside it. and outside the ring and even on the golf course after a couple of cocktails, he was still class, period. He just... Yeah. yeah. Th- think I'm about a lot of... that fucking good. Think about a lot of the names here, guys. And, and yeah, I just want to say this would be my last point before we wrap it up. Nick, Mad Dog, Bobby, uh, maybe not Vern, Crusher, Baron, Larry, Ray. A lot of these guys hated hated heels hated bad guys and then so revered as fan favorites and i think that speaks to the talent and the ability to connect with fans no matter which way their character was going and i think that that really plays to the greatness of a lot of these individuals that we're talking about there's no question about it boy chris that that nailed it right on the head People look back and they say, you know, I hated this guy, but damn, he really did his job well. And he stuck in my head as one of the all-time greats. That's the greatness of old school wrestling. I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, the talent didn't change how they did their promos yes. or how they wrestled in the ring. It was all about who they were wrestling against. That's... And for them to still have the same passion from the fans is a testament to their ability. There we go. Well, hopefully you guys have uh, enjoyed the top 25 plus the honorable mention. I know that we went a little bit longer than we normally do, but this was one that we didn't want to rush, but I felt like with all the names, I felt like we paced it pretty well. So we knew that it was going to go a little bit long. Let's take care of some housekeeping, guys, and then let's go ahead and uh, and bring it home. One more time here, guys. I, I do want to uh, put out the membership, ask you guys to, to sign up, and especially for the pinfall level uh, per month. I'm telling you guys, you're really going to enjoy it. The watch-along, the all-star wrestling with a brand-new soundtrack. We're going to do a commentary. Joe and Mick are going to be answering your questions. Uh, We've got live chats that we do. We've got interviews that are going to have a loose AWA connection, maybe no AWA connection at all, some old-school interviews that we're going to do. So we're going to put those on our membership page. Again, $4.99 a month. I don't think there's going to be a better $5 that you can spend, honest to goodness. That's, that's That's my hard sell. Amen. So, yeah. So I feel well like uh, I feel like that's good. Uh, let's give some shout outs, guys, and uh, then take it home. So, Mick, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? My old broadcast colleague in the NCWA, Jim Mitchell, Iron Duke promotion days. Uh, my buddy, John Lloyd. What a loyal guy he is to the AWA and wrestling in general. Great friend. Love John Lloyd. My shout out goes to a longtime listener and fan. Larry Kellner. <laughs> Great and, guy. Uh, I'm going to go. You, you okay with that? Apparently you, you were coughing during late. Did you have something? To- <laughs> yeah, got, got a little, little emotional. For a little emotion. I, I understand. I, I understand. I mean, apparently Larry Kellner can bring that out in people. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Larry. We, we love you. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go with Bill Klein. Bill always He's a member. He always comments and uh, always has great feedback. So uh, thank you to uh, to everybody, and hopefully we'll see you guys in the uh, the membership level as well. Now, anything else before we say a, a bon, uh, fond farewell? No, 
Foster yeah. Wilt. No, I, uh-uh. I'd like to add something in all sincerity. We just did the top 25 with honorable mention list. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that uh, Mick and Chris, uh, as far as podcast hosts um, for AWA Unleashed, the two of you are in my top 10. Thank you, pal. Very much appreciated. We couldn't do it without you, Joe. I don't even make it. Well, we could try, but, you know. Is is your cat making an appearance, Mick? Uh, Any minute now. The cat made some kind of an appearance here. I got to get out of here. You guys uh, are just below the cat. 